Hello and welcome into this week's edition of the Rookie Stripes Podcast here on Racing News Now. I'm Garth Allen, and that is the man, the myth, the legend himself. It is the one and only Mr. Tyler Guthrie. What's going on, Garth? Living the dream, as always. I don't know whose dream it is, but I'm living a dream. It's not yours, apparently. No. Well, and I always like to say nightmares are dreams, too, so... This is true. There is that. Unfortunately, this weekend is not a NASCAR fan's dream, because there is no NASCAR other than ARCA this weekend. I was about to say false, because there is ARCA this weekend. Um, But yeah, there... There's a little bit. There's we've got Arco, we've got IndyCar, and we've got F1 this weekend. So it's not a total wash for motorsports. But yeah, if you're strictly an NASCAR fan, you're not into Arca or you're not into open wheel stuff. You uh, probably don't have much to watch this weekend. Which means every NASCAR fan should watch IndyCar at Road America this weekend because that's actually a good race on a good track. You know, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, if, if you're Looking for something to watch this weekend, and you don't generally watch IndyCar, you're just strictly NASCAR, I would highly recommend uh, turning on the IndyCar race this weekend, because I think it will be uh, very much worth your time. Road America is always a barn burner. Not a barn burner, really, but it's always a good race. I don't know that I've ever actually watched an IndyCar Road America race, to be honest. It's pretty good. You should try it. Well, I'm definitely going to this week, but I don't think I have before now. I would I be going to this race if I didn't have to work this weekend, but yeah. Well, we did figure out before the podcast that you are going to a race this weekend, though. I'm not going to that race this weekend. <laughs> you absolutely should. There's no reason that you can't. I okay. know I should. Every, everybody here needs to peer pressure Tyler into going to the ARCA race at Berlin. He's only like an hour away from it. Two the hours. Tickets are whatever it is. You're close enough. <laughs> tickets are like twenty bucks. He doesn't have to work Saturday or Sunday. I there do have to work Sunday. Sunday night. Yeah. So you're fine. You can get home late Saturday <laughs> night. You're fine. There's no reason you can't go and experience the wonderfulness that is Arca at Berlin. There is Tell no reason I'm going to peer pressure you into this. Everybody watching right now should, in the chat or in the comments, peer pressure Tyler right now to going to Berlin. I'm going to check back in on this next week, and if you didn't go to Berlin, I'm kicking you off this podcast. You're not kicking me off the podcast. Mm, you don't couldn't think do I'm it. I'm not above that. You couldn't do it. That's Tell what, you what Doc thought about that. He swatted his tail in my face and <laughs> jumped down. <laughs> See? Doc thinks you won't either, but yeah, if somebody not. pays for my tank of gas to go up there and back, I'll do it. I'll pay for your tank of gas if that's really what it takes. <laughs> Why aren't you coming up? Because I have work on Saturday and on ah, Sunday. That's that's lame. I don't. I've only got like four more days I can take off this year. I think it's four, and I'm saving those for Milwaukee and Salem. Good picks for uh, races, though. It is. Yeah. Who's at Milwaukee? Arca. Yeah, Arca and trucks. I'd like to be able to go to more than that, but. Uh... My my days off limit me there. Go to an IndyCar race or two. I don't know that that's in the cards this season. <laughs> Maybe next season. You work at a really bad time. I do. I really do. Like, it's literally... I like the hours that I work, but it makes it damn near impossible to do pretty much anything R&N related. Absolutely anything. Yeah. Maybe and the, we should, and the we days should do R&N and full-time, and then, you know. <laughs> um, all right, so let's get into last or this past weekend's races. Uh, just three NASCAR races, ARCA West, Xfinity, and Cup from Sonoma, and all three were pretty Abysmal. boring from the fan-viewer standpoint. Now, th- now this is a point. I w- we were talking about this before the stream, and... Sonoma is a track where I don't remember it ever putting on fantastic races. The thing about Sonoma is, though, it's one of those tracks where I feel like if you're in the race and you're driving Sonoma, it's an incredibly fun race because I feel like that would be a super fun track to drive at unless you're Bubba Wallace and have no road course skills whatsoever. Um <laughs> 
which he's gotten better. I don't know where he ended up finishing, but I think no, this might have been his best in the road top course tw- race ever. Top 20, but... I know. saw him in the top 15 at one point, but I don't know yeah. where he ended up finishing. But Which, um, based better, on how he rates himself on a road course, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's better than he used to be on road courses. Like, the first year they went to the Roval, I think he wrecked three cars just in practice. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. So, um, he's gotten better. I don't know that we're going to see him win a road course anytime soon, but he's definitely gotten better. But um, unless unless you're somebody with absolutely no road course talent whatsoever, I feel like that's a super fun technical track to drive. The problem is that doesn't translate into a good viewing experience because it kind of just felt like an F1 race. Yeah, I don't remember that ever really being a good IndyCar race either. There's... Cause I don't remember did... them even being at Sonoma. Yeah, they used to do it every year. When's the last time they went to Sonoma? Twenty nineteen, maybe twenty eighteen. Hmm. Okay. Because they had the new cars. Hmm. Um. Their new bodywork, anyway. But it was like twenty eighteen, twenty nineteen, I think. Um. Okay. It was never really that good of a race because IndyCar used the infield section too oh the carousel um which i mean that seems like it'd be awesome to drive and it looks cool on tv but it that sets up the only passing opportunity on the whole track for indycar and it kind of raced like there was only one place to pass um yeah because they did they didn't do the hairpin like cup series does they did the little short hairpin there which cut off another passing opportunity so oh that's right i remember the the them doing the short hairpin okay so i must have watched an indy carcinoma race at some point yeah they did it for a while um but it was never really that good of a race uh same thing with like watkins Glen, which i mm-hmm. mean I, I guess is better for indycar than sonoma was but there are tracks that are fun to drive but not so fun to watch racing on anymore now that cars have so much downforce and are so aero dependent even in nascar somehow the Um, difference with watkins Glen, though is i can remember good races at watkins Glen. what was that 20 2012 2013 whatever that was where keselowski um, and uh kyle bush keselowski and marcus ambrose ambrose Ambrose. was like third and then i don't remember what happened to I don't remember what happened to Bush and Keselowski, but it was like an, a super exciting final lap, and Ambrose comes out with the win. Yeah, Keselowski, I think Kyle Bush like spun somewhere, and then Keselowski and Ambrose were beating and banging the whole lap, mm-hmm. and then Ambrose kind of bumped them out of the way and got the win. But yeah, that was a good race. There's been a couple mm-hmm. other decent Watkins Glen races. Sonoma's just too tight. There's yeah. enough elevation change that it makes the corners single lane corners. And there's not really That's enough room to run thing, too wide. Every road course, the corners are single lane. Tell me a road True. course where you can effectively pass somebody on the outside consistently in any corner. In any corner, you can't, but every once in a while. Well, there's... no, no, no. I'm not saying in any corner. I'm saying it, if there's a corner, I'm saying I don't think there's a road course where there's any corner where you can on a regular basis, pass somebody on the outside under normal circumstances. Road America, turn one. I disagree. I don't think... No, that's not a normal passing zone on the outside. It's happened more often than you'd think. I don't think it ever did in NASCAR. I don't know about IndyCar, but I don't think it ever did in NASCAR. Well, we won't get to find out this year because they're going nope. to Chicago Street Course instead of a cool place. So, yeah, that's that was... going to be a mess. <laughs> you know, There's no la- way. I was laughing before the podcast. Watch Chicago Street Course be the best race of the season. Watch it. Just I, I would a- laugh, but I still even if it was the best race of the season, I still wouldn't want it next year. Why? If it's the best race of the season, you don't want it next year. Yeah, I don't. That want seems that race like at the all. dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't want that race at all. Even if it's the best race on the schedule. In a city where nobody wants it to be. Nobody wants it there. Okay, fair enough, but if there if the people show up, that's a different story. Maybe for, nobody for wants like it there. For like $300 a ticket? 
Have you looked at ticket prices for I'm, that? I, I'm aware of that, <laughs> but the race has not happened yet. We don't know how many people are actually going to show up. It, it's expensive tickets, yes, and it's there's not a lot of good reception there, but w- the race hasn't happened yet, so we don't necessarily know that there's not going to be a lot of people show up. Yeah, let me look at the track map for that because I don't remember. I don't think it's super intricate. It's like it's two two squares that have like corners intersecting in the middle, and that's about all it is. Ah, oh, cool. There's like one corner that's not ninety degrees. Mm-hmm. And it's a forty-five degree. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! What a great track design. Yeah, they didn't put a lot of thought into it. This seems like. They're going to have the same problem the whole weekend like IndyCar had in Detroit where their walls are too close and there's not enough runoff. And as soon as you lock up the front tires, you're just gone. But with IndyCars, you kind of whip it around real quick and get back on the Mm -hmm. track. I don't know if the cup cars are going to be able to do that depending on how wide the track is. So I feel like this might be... Well, it's NASCAR, so it's going to be a crash fest with 19 overtime finishes anyway. But I just don't see this racing well at all. No, I don't think it will either. But Especially um, with the concerns we already have with this car on flat tracks. Now you're introducing a flat 90-degree corner street course? No. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree. I don't think it's going to race well, but I've been surprised in the past. So I'm I'm doing the same thing that I have done since the very beginning when this was announced. I'm holding out judgment. I have my thoughts on how it will probably be, but I'm keeping an open mind. And I honestly wish everybody else would, too, but that doesn't seem to be the case. I'm keeping an open mind, <laughs> seeing how it's going to be. And if it ends up not being good... I I will readily admit that it's not good, but I, I want to keep an open mind because there is the possibility, however small, that it could be really good and it could be a good thing for NASCAR. Yeah, I just I don't know why we're doing this instead of going to Chicagoland. That's my big takeaway from it. We have a purpose built oval four cup cars just outside the city and we're doing this instead and nobody wants it there. I'm wondering if this isn't the segue back to Chicagoland. Like, they wanted to try this to see if it'll work, and then if it doesn't, then they're like, okay, well, we'll stay in the Chicago market, but we'll go back to Chicagoland. Maybe. I think they would have been better off doing, like, a one-year deal with the Chicago Street course and then going from there if it was a good race. I just feel like this will probably be the only year it happens, even though it's on, what, a three-year deal? See, I don't know. I've heard... I've heard both. I've heard it's a three-year deal, and then I've also told, been told this is already a one-and-done, and it's not coming back next year. I, I think so, the original thing was, the original contract was a three-year deal, but that was with different city government officials in Chicago. Mm. Since okay. then, they've had re-elections, and one of the main topics in re-elections was this race, and the people that won the election don't want it at all. Okay. Um. So I I think unless it's like the coolest thing to ever happen to the city of Chicago, I don't think it's going to be back next year. And I think that's a really that makes it look worse for NASCAR Mm -hmm. to try to go back to Chicagoland than if they just said, hey, we're going back to Chicagoland. I don't know that it does, though, because NASCAR could spin this as, well, the city didn't want us on the streets, but we still want to be in the Chicago market. So we're going to go back to Chicagoland, and we're going to make you Chicago fans happy. Yeah, the other side of the coin, it kind of looks like NASCAR is just reaching and grabbing and clawing for any sort of Chicago area viewership. But mm-hmm. as long as it gets Chicagoland back, I don't really care what happens. But Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I want Especially Chicago with Land how back. this car races on mile and a half. Mm-hmm. Chicagoland was good with the Gen 6 cars. Right, so I can't imagine how good it'll be with this car. I mean, we've seen how good it is at Kansas. Yeah, um, which I like seen Kansas how good it is at anyway, but I I can't I still can't believe two years in and two really good Coca Cola six hundreds. I still can't believe how good this car is at Charlotte. <laughs> the Gen Six was abysmal at Charlotte. It was so bad. The Coke six hundred was one of the worst races of the year, 
And now it's one of the best races of the year with this car. Yeah. I can't uh, I still can't believe it. Which means we should go back to Chicagoland, but <laughs> Yeah. We should. Absolutely we should. Um anyway though, it's not Chicago this weekend. It was Sonoma this weekend. Um and there wasn't Again, there wasn't much to talk about, though. Ryan Priest won the uh, Arca West race, pretty dominating fashion, led most of the race. Uh, there was a little bit of strategy involved. Uh, there was a pit stop before the mid-race break where he and a lot of the other leaders pitted. Landon Lewis did not pit, though. He led until the break when he pitted, which put him back in the pack. And then Landon Lewis's race unraveled from there. He was in two or three wrecks after that. Like it, his race went downhill very quickly once he got back there in the pack. And like from that point on, it was Ryan Priest, and nobody was really even close to touching Ryan Priest. Landon Lewis, I think, was close early on, and then the differing strategy kind of screwed him over. But yeah, it, it was very clear very early on that that was Ryan Priest's race, and. Nobody was going to stop a cup guy in an ARCA field. Yeah, it's good to see Ryan Priest have a good, like, part of the weekend for once. Because uh, mm-hmm. SHR and Cup Series is kind of in shambles. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a very talented driver when he has good equipment. And that Stuart Haas car right now is the opposite of good equipment. Uh, yeah, the, the cup race was lame <laughs> to say <laughs> yeah. the least uh well another you know you classic... know what's weird what's up? Uh, it's another classic martin Truex jr win where nothing happens and you forget that he won like the day after like who won yesterday oh that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well no what i was gonna say was you know what's weird is you talk about Stuart haas being in shambles yet ryan priest won the arca west race and Eric Almarola won the Xfinity race in technically not a Stuart Haas car. Parise's car was, I think, listed as a Stuart Haas car in the ARCA race. I think owner showed as Gene Haas. Um, the Eric Almarola's car, though, technically was an RSS racing car, Ryan Sieg car. But I'm pretty sure it was prepared by Stuart Haas. So it was basically a third Stuart Haas car. Um, so the fact that Stuart Haas won the ARCA race and the Xfinity race, but then we're still terrible in the cup race. I, I, I can't figure them out at this point. Like, I really don't know what the hell is going on at SHR right now. It, it's got to be entirely technical because we know they have good drivers. Kevin Harvick's mm-hmm. been one of the best cup drivers since he came into the sport. Of his generation. Yeah. yeah it, you could argue even close to greatest of all time with Kevin Harvick, I think. Yep. Um, just the results haven't shown it the past couple of years because the team sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like Stuart Haas has always had good drivers. They've had Kevin Harvick, uh, what Kurt Busch, Clint Boyer, Ryan Priest, Chase Briscoe. Those are all good drivers, but it, it's still the past couple of years has not been good for them. I don't know if they just can't catch up to the next gen car, but they were falling off a lot towards the end of the Gen 6 car, too. See, so. I, I don't know that you can necessarily lump last year in there because they had at least four wins last year. That Briscoe got his first win at Phoenix. Almirola mm-hmm. won at New Hampshire. And then Harvick won like two in a row right before the playoffs. I don't remember if they had any other wins last year or not, but... um. I mean, they they won some races last year. Now, this year has been much worse. Um, They have not won a race yet this year. Uh, But, and honestly, I don't even know that they've been close outside of Harvick. Martinsville. They were very good at Martinsville. They were? I already forgot about that. Yeah, Ryan Priest led like 100 laps. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I, okay, yeah, I already forgot about that. Yeah, he was super fast and then got stuck back in the pack and never could get back to the front. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking through last car. year. Huh? Courtesy of the next-gen car at Martinsville. Right. Um, yeah, I'm looking through last year. Almirola at New Hampshire must have been 2021. Um, uh, I think year, it was. Yeah. 
because uh, last year New Hampshire was Bell. Yeah. Uh, but still, Briscoe at Phoenix last year. Um, Harvick at Michigan and Richmond. Okay, so three wins last year. Um, I was a year late on the Almirola win, but uh, still, not a terrible year last year. I know at least Harvick did not start off the year well, and then all of a sudden goes out and wins those two races at Michigan and Richmond back-to-back, and all of a sudden he's back in championship form at least for a few weeks. Um, But so it's still with this caliber of drivers, it's weird to see them not fighting for the championship because you would think with Briscoe, Harvick and Priest, one of them should get to the final four. Harvick, I think you're giving Priest too much credit. Like, I don't think Priest is a bad driver, but I don't think he's on the same level as Harvick uh, or even Briscoe. I don't know that Briscoe's quite on Harvick's level, but. I think Briscoe is still at least a step above Priest. Um, yeah, I just Priest remember Briscoe Pre- being very impressive in the Xfinity series, which I know mm-hmm. Xfinity series is very different than the Cup series, but I still think he can take it to a lot of these Cup drivers that we rate very highly, and mm-hmm. especially Kevin Harvick not really being in the championship fight for several years kind of throws some flags up, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, help. Briscoe made it to the like round of eight last year. So um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's not unheard of. Um, and you're right. Briscoe, with the right equipment, can easily be a championship four and a championship threat. Um, Priest, I don't know that he's on that level. Like, if you give him good enough equipment where those SHR cars should be, he can win races. I don't know. I I don't see him under normal circumstances, making the championship four, though, even with really good equipment. Yeah, you're probably right there. There's just too many other competitive drivers in NASCAR, especially with how the playoff format's set up now. Uh, But yeah, I I don't think he's bad by any means. I think there's a lot of people he should be on a continuous basis if those cars were up to any sort of snuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's just kind of, this year's been in shambles, what Briscoe was running in the mid thirties at Fontana this year. He's just been in the mid thirties, a lot of races. Yeah. It, it's just, uh, we know he's better than that. So with and all yet, three of them being awful and Eric Almarola, not Almarola is kind of weird though. He'll sit 15th to 20th most of the season and then pop off like a couple top fives. And then you'll never hear from him again. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I don't know where that comes from either, because it's always at random tracks. It's never the same tracks that he'll go out and run well at every year. Like Yeah, like this week at Sonoma, where he sucks at road courses and then comes out and beats the Xfinity field, which right. has Kyle Larson and A.J. Allmendinger in the top three. Or like when he won at Loudoun two years ago. I don't think he's ever been good at Loudoun outside of that one no. race. No. Like, where did that even come from? <laughs> it's just, I, I it's like... The one time they bring in a different setup for a track, he just runs with it, and then they never decide they run that setup ever again. Well, what I wonder is if his talent is more based around the car. So if they just get lucky and hit on the exact right setup at one point, and all of a sudden he's got the fastest car in the field under him, he can keep the fastest car in the field in the lead. But if he's not got the fastest car in the field, then he's going to run wherever that car is supposed to be, 10th, 15th, 20th, wherever it wherever it's supposed to be on speed. Yeah, it's interesting to see the differences between drivers that can make a slow car fast and drivers that just drive the car to speed that the car should go. Mm-hmm. Um, it Different teams have different drivers like that. But yeah, Eric Kevin Harvick always has always been one of those. Kevin uh, Harvick's always outperformed his equipment. That RCR car that he drove for years was not nearly as good as he made it. No. I mean, people get these rose-colored glasses with RCR and think they were just this great team, and I'm not convinced that that has ever been a really good team. Uh, it's just had good enough drivers in those cars that they can outperform it well enough to run well Earnhardt was so good that he could outperform that car and do what he did in it and maybe Mm. they were better back in the 90s but ever 
at least ever since Earnhardt died, I don't see that team being anywhere close to uh, what people think that team is. The entire time Harvick was there, that was not a quality car to be in. That was a mid-pack car at best, and he still went out and won a good number of races before he went to SHR. And SHR had some good years, and Mm -hmm. we saw what Harvick could do in those good years. Won a championship, won a bunch of races. I'm pretty sure... He's won more races at SHR now in a shorter period of time than he did at RCR. But then even now, when the SHR cars are so bad, he's still head and shoulders the best SHR car by a long shot. Even if he's not out there competing for wins, he's a solid 10 to 15 positions ahead of where the rest of those SHR cars are every single week. Yeah, and I don't think it helps RCR's situation at all that Austin Dillon was their main guy for so long. Yeah, I don't think he's the kind of person you want to grow a team around at all. They have gotten better under Kyle Busch there. Um, I think that's more just Kyle Busch than anything, but mm-hmm. it is encouraging to see someone do well in an RCR car because Austin Dillon is good for maybe one or two races a year (laughs) well and the thing is i don't even know that that team has gotten any better with kyle there it's just a matter of kyle being that good that he's outperforming the equipment just like reddick did last the last couple years in that eight car the i don't remember where i heard this i think i was listening to some other podcast and they were talking about how if you look at where reddick was fast in that eight car That's exactly where Kyle has been good at this season. It's like that eight car has not changed a bit in terms of where they're good at and where they've got good setups for. It's just wherever Reddick was good at, that's where Kyle has been good at, and that's where he's either winning the race or he's running extremely well. The tracks that Reddick ran poorly at the last couple of years, Kyle's not even in the top 10, top 15. So I don't think that team has changed a bit since Kyle has gotten there. It's just a matter of Kyle's that good. Yeah, I I agree with you there. But I think Austin Dillon's done a little bit better this year. Um, I don't know where he's at. I don't know about that. I don't know where he's at in championship points right now, but it seems like the past couple of years, like he needed a win to even be in consideration for the playoffs. Uh, He is currently... I can get the points pulled up here. 28th. Ouch. Okay, that completely shoots down my point. He is behind Chase Elliott, and Chase Elliott has missed seven races this year. Give you one for all the Chase Elliott fans. Good job, (laughs) Chase. (laughs) 18 waivers, four broken legs, and nine DNFs later. (laughs) One suspension. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, so I know I don't think that team has improved at all. Honestly, I don't even know. I don't think Austin's had a good run yet this year. I mean, it's look weird. But, I feel like I've seen him in the top 10 a lot more than normal he, this year. He has one top five and four top tens in 16 races so far. Huh? I don't know what NASCAR I'm watching. And he's led three laps. Average finish of 21.7. Okay, it doesn't really make sense to how he's 28th in standings then. <laughs> With an average finish of 21.7? Yeah, that makes total sense. Well, being in the 20s, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know where you were going with that either, because... I don't know. I was trying to not... I was trying to not crap on Austin Dillon for once, and then he just decided to disprove everything I wanted to say. <laughs> right, because... It, let, let's think about this. Average finish of 21.7... Only four of those out of 16, only a quarter of those are in the top 10. That means for an average of 21.7, that means he's got at least half of those races outside the top 20. So, yeah, it makes total sense he's 28th. Yeah, um, and we haven't really seen him be competitive for token wins this year yet either Mm -hmm. because every once in a while last year he would kind of be up close to the front and you'd be like, Oh, is Austin Dillon going to win? Whatever. He did get a new crew chief this year. So I wonder if last year in the past several years, it was more strategy based than speed based. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Well, when he won the Coke 600, that was on fuel mileage. 
when he won the Daytona 500, that was just because him. he turned Eric Amarola. <laughs> yes. Uh, when he won Daytona last year, that was just because the entire field wrecked in the rain. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. What other wins does he have? Isn't are those the only three wins he's got? He's got more than that, I think. Uh, I don't know. I I feel like that's the only three wins he's got. Uh, let's see here. No, he's got four wins. Uh, twenty twenty, he won Texas. Texas. That's right. Was that fuel mileage, or was that actually a heads up win? I feel I, like that was a duel between him and Tyler Reddick. I don't know why. I think you're right. I think that's the one win that he didn't get off of some sort of strategy, a fluke, or just turning the leader on the last lap. Yeah. <laughs> I I think that's the only one that you can legitimately say he legit won that on his skill. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the deal with is with Austin Dillon. I don't know if Ty Dillon's better or worse than him, but both of them are not awesome. Well, Ty's never been in a good car in the Cup Series, so yeah, I don't that, know that we that's can why I bring that, say up. that Although Ty did have, I believe Ty has worse stats in Xfinity and Trucks than Austin had. So if that says anything, yeah, I, I think Ty I just, only. I've never been impressed with Austin Dillon. I think Ty only had one Xfinity win, period, and that was at Indy. Interesting place to have one Xfinity win. Uh, Paul Menard has one cup win at Indy. (laughs) Didn't he win more races than just one? No, that was his only cup win. Oh, really? He has some Xfinity wins, but that was his only cup win. I remember being really mad about that because Jeff Gordon finished second. (laughs) (laughs) Now you look back on it, it's like, that was cool. That was Paul. No, it, it, it still that wasn't was... cool. It would have been better if you finished second. <laughs> oh, okay. I look back on that and I think it's cool. I really want that die cast, but I missed out on getting it at the time. And now they're selling for like 500 bucks on eBay. And I'm like, oh, eh. yeah. Speaking of die cast, I just was looking around, seeing if I could find a Dan Weldon IndyCar die cast mm-hmm. today. Found one like for 450 bucks with six days left on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. See, I've never understood eBay. Like, everybody, I've never understood the whole bidding war thing. Like, all you're doing is jacking up the price for yourself. Put it on your watch list. Keep an eye on it. Wait till it's almost done. I know people get real about, oh, this person sniped it at the last minute. But, well, maybe you should have been paying more attention to it. (laughs) Because how it works. Right. Because if you just, if you're both continuously bidding, then you're going to end up paying more by the end of it. Yeah, it's great if you're a seller, though. Oh, I'm sure it's great if you're the seller. (laughs) But if I'm the buyer, I'm not touching that until the last minute. I will not put a bid in until the last minute. Why would I? No, Just so I can pay more? (laughs) That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Supply and demand, my friend. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) This is why we have the jobs we have, because we don't understand economics that well. Man, fair enough. <laughs> Damn, that one kind of hurt, but okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, IndyCar this weekend, though. Um, 100 Road Days to Indy. Fin- yes, Road America. 100 Days to Indy finally finished this week. Um, I know you have some thoughts on the finale that was... A week later than I expected it to be. And I know you had told me that it was supposed to be a two-hour finale. It wasn't two hours. That's what the uh, like TV segment thing said it was supposed to be. And I guess they just forgot to put the other hour in because in typical IndyCar fashion, the sport does something really awesome and then <laughs> follows it up with something really stupid. Yeah. Um, I liked the first five episodes of 100 Days to Indy a lot. Um, I thought they did a really, really good job with it going into like daily lives with drivers and still focusing on the on-track action. And then the last episode, they just threw both completely out the window and tried to cover the whole qualifying weekend, like the whole month, really, um, other than the Grand Prix. Like they did all of practice, all of qualifying and all of the race in an hour and with 
how many commercials they had, it was really like 40 to 45 minutes. Um, yeah, it was 42 minutes. Like, that's normal for an hour show. Right. It still just, it was not nearly enough time for all of that coverage, I don't think. Um, the qualifying was like, the, here's how the pole sitter felt about a top six shootout. Oh yeah, Graham Rahal didn't make the race. The rest of the cars qualified. That's basically what it was. Um, then the race felt like super condensed because well, it almost felt like they glossed over the Steph Wilson, Catherine Legrec too, especially after. Well, they actually it, like it, interviewed uh, Steph Wilson in the hospital. Like they spent like four to five minutes on that, which in a forty-two minute episode, that's a significant amount of time for that. It is. But at the same time, after having built both of them up as characters in the previous episode, to for <laughs> the that Catherine Lake part that, was funny though. They were like they spent a whole episode being like, "This is Catherine Lake, this is what she does. It's kind of cool. She's going to be in the five hundred this year." And then they were like, "She qualified. She DNF'd." <laughs> yeah, that's See, it. that's the that's the thing too. It's like they built her up as a character and then barely touched on her in the actual race. Yeah, I don't or, know. Or, or well, to be fair, to be fair, that's kind of what it was like being at the race. Like, mm -hmm. where's Catherine Lake? Oh, her car went to the garage like seven laps ago. <laughs> okay. Nice. Like, the the PA announcer didn't even know that she was out of the race for several minutes. Nice. But, yeah, it's just like, then they glossed over the whole race in maybe ten minutes. And mm -hmm. they were like... They skipped one of the red flags, <laughs> pretty much. Um, They're like, yeah, Felix Rosenquist crashed. Kyle Kirkwood is upside down. Segway. Otto <laughs> Ward crashed. Segway. Yeah. We had another red flag. We'll show you replay of the wreck, but that's about it. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, New Garden won. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They had, like, like, no post-race coverage at all. Um. What were they supposed to? Well, I guess they could have covered him like drinking milk and all that, but like, or, like what the were they supposed and all to that. do post race? Well, I was hoping they would do part of the uh, Indy 500 awards ceremony with it mm -hmm. because they have that on Monday after the race, and that's kind of like the whole series was getting to know the drivers and having personal moments with them, and I feel like the awards ceremony is kind of just the drivers kind of just talking with each other and having fun. Mm -hmm. I thought they could have done a lot with that, but they didn't at all. And then ended it with 365 days to Indy. So we're not getting anything the rest of the season, which I didn't think we would anyway, but it's one of those things. I wish they would just do it the whole season. Mm -hmm. And then, well, we knew there wasn't going to be anything the rest of the season. They're not just oh, going to drop it up. They're not just going to drop it on us out of the blue after they've said there was only six episodes. Oh, yeah, actually, we're going to do the rest of the season. That's not how TV works. Oh, I know. It just it would have been super cool if they had done that from the beginning. I understand mm -hmm. the format of why they're not doing that, but it still feeds into nobody knowing that IndyCar does anything other than the Indy 500, um, especially since they finally do a TV show and it ends right after the Indy 500. And well, it still to took fair, two weeks to come out. Everybody was kind of done with it, and then they put this TV show out two weeks after, and hey, this is what happened. Yeah, that that <laughs> is. <laughs> I will say, I think they did a very good job of showing the emotion of Joseph winning. Because yeah. I don't know that I really felt that in the moment watching the race. Like, yeah, it was cool to see him win, but like they really... And, and I think it helped that they had built him up as as a character from episode one, uh, showing like his whole <laughs> Captain America physique and the <laughs> fact that he married a Disney princess and everything. Joseph like, Swolgarden. Yeah, right. Like he's got this like storybook life and they've built this up and, and made him into such a cool character on this show. And then for it to culminate in him actually winning the race. Yeah. And to show everything that he did. Like, they they drew out that last lap a lot. Like, they show him going into turn three, and then they show, like, ten different shots that, and it was, like, twice the amount of time it took him actually to go turn three to the start-finish line <laughs> just to draw this whole thing out and make it, um, it's a word I'm looking for, exciting. Um, in that moment, 
to show him winning this race and then they show him going up in the crowd like I did like what they did with the emotions there but yeah I feel like they could have done a little bit better overall covering the race uh but I I should have been a 2 hour episode it's I think it should have been it should have been either either it should have been a 2 hour episode or there should have been 7 episodes and qualifying should have had its own episode the week before that yeah I agree um but either way I don't think it was necessarily a terrible finale. It just had things it could have improved on, and hopefully they do improve on it next year. Yeah, I just I hate how it fits in with the IndyCar stigma for the past several decades of, ooh, that's cool. That's pretty mm-hmm. neat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, um, uh, Hinchcliffe and Alexander Rossi on their podcast they were doing uh, reviews of it after every episode, and they were talking after this one. Uh, they had like the executive producer or somebody high up on the show on this episode, and they were talking about um, how when those guys with the TV show showed up at Thermal in preseason, how they were just awestruck with everything, and they thought it was like the coolest thing ever, and Hinch is like, this is the most boring day we have all year. If you think this is cool, just wait. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It'd be a cool experience for the TV crew, I bet. But Yeah. Well, and it sounded like it was. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think... kind of salty. They didn't focus on him at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know that he was necessarily salty about it. He seemed like he was okay with it to me. I think he'd rather he doesn't really. He doesn't really show a lot of emotion anyway. So. Yeah. He just doesn't talk much, period. Like he's the Chase Elliott of IndyCar, except he's actually right. good. I think on his podcast is the most that he'll talk all week. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't surprise me at all. That's how he's always been. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Hinchcliffe's getting back in a car this week. Is he now? Not in an IndyCar. He's in a Mazda Pro Cup thing at uh, shoot Watkins Glen. Does that Maybe? conflict with his TV responsibilities? I don't think so. I don't know. I just saw it and thought it was interesting because I don't think he's raced anything in a hot minute. Yeah, not that I know of, but hmm, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, they're at uh, they're at Road America this weekend. We were talking uh, before the before we started here. You were listing off the the past winners at Road America. Uh, list those off for me. So IndyCar started going back to Road America in 2016. Uh, they quit going there after cart became IndyCar. Um, but it's like literally the most typical list of winners that you could possibly think of for the modern IndyCar field. So starting in 2016 and going through 2022, it was Will Power, Scott Dixon, Joseph Newgarden, Alexander Rossi, Scott Dixon, Felix Rosenquist, Alex Pillow, and Joseph Newgarden. If I was going to pick just like at face value any week, if I just had on spot say, who's going to win this week, it would be one of those drivers every week. You know what that tells me? That tells me that road America is an extremely difficult track in an Indy car. And you've got to be one of the best of the best in Indy car to win at road America. Yeah. Uh, the long straights make it. So you had to run, low wing settings which makes the corners more difficult Mm -hmm. and the guys that have just the know-how to be around these cars and drive around other people really know how to get it done um and it's all guys that have had a lot of success in the sport i mean scott dixon's won it twice he's like the best indycar driver in the history of indycar um but the rest of it's all guys that are very technical know their cars know their teams know how to set up the car and it's usually fairly dominant wins. Uh, like there's good battles for the lead, but you know who's going to win with ten laps to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of, it, it's an interesting little thing to look at because I really like Road America. I think it puts on a good race every year, but it's not surprising who wins every year, which is different for IndyCar. Yeah, uh, yeah. It seems like it's one of the few tracks on the IndyCar schedule where. 
it has that that air that you don't get surprise winners really like you've got like the point that i just made you have to be one of the best of the best in indycar um i don't know that there's any other track on the schedule that's like that like you'll get surprise winners everywhere else every once in a while but i feel like road america is the track where you've got to be the top of your game you've got to be the top of the sport if you're going to win at road america yeah, it seems like the people that roll off the truck well are usually the people that do well in the race. Because sometimes, like, in India, you can not roll off well and by the race be okay. But Road America is kind of how you come off the truck is how you're going to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It, it's a good race. It's fun to watch. I agree, and I am... Well, I say I agree. I don't let, I don't remember if this was before the episode or in the episode, but... Um, I know I said earlier, I don't think I've ever watched an IndyCar Road America race. So this will be a first for me this weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, But I think it's time to get into predictions for the weekend, even though we've only got three races this weekend. And we're going to start with the Arkham Menard Series at Berlin, Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on, should be on FS1. Yeah. Tyler, who you got for this one? Do we even have an entry list yet? No, but we have full-time drivers. You've watched enough ARCA races at this point. You should know who's decent. ARCA race this year. Well, whose fault is that? You've been doing a podcast covering ARCA this whole season. Whose fault is that? I've been really busy, buddy. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure you have. Uh, You move three hours away within two weeks and tell me how you feel <laughs> moving two out three hours away didn't take you six months to do you could have seen some arca races in that time yeah i had four other series to watch Mm-hmm. big frankie muniz no it's probably fair he might actually yeah he might actually have a shot uh yeah we'll just go with frankie muniz because He's been doing pretty well this year. He's second in championship right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he's had a solid season so far, so I think that's a solid pick. I'm going to go with the easy lob here because um, I got to write down my picks first this week. I wasn't letting Tyler do that again. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> I got Jesse Love this week. I, it's hard to pick against Jesse at this point. I mean, he once he finally got the first win of the season – He has been on an absolute roll. Three wins in a row now. I think this is going to be number four. So I think Jesse Love wins this weekend. It's uh, it's an easy pick when you look at the championship and see that we've had five races so far. and He's won three of them. And Greg Van Alst and Tyler Reif were the other one. And Tyler Reif's only done one race. (laughs) Well, that's because he's a West driver, and that was the West combo race. Yeah. I don't see how anybody other than Jesse Love wins this, unless Frankie Muniz turns him coming out of turn four in the last lap of the race. That'd be pretty cool. It would be, and it wouldn't be the first time something dramatic like that has happened at Berlin. I need to show you the 2018 Berlin race. That is uh, where Joe Graff Jr. became infamous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, on to IndyCar this weekend at Road America. Tyler, who you got? I'm going to go with Felix Rosenquist. He has won this race before. Um, He's had very good qualifying results this year in this McLaren, but hasn't been able to finish the race where he started it. Um, He's very fast. This is a contract year for Felix. I think this is the weekend he finally puts it all together and keeps his spot with McLaren for next year. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Yeah, we were talking before this, and you were telling me that this is probably going to be a very good race for McLaren, which is why I went with who I'm going with. And that being Alexander Rossi, I think he finally gets his first win of the season, his first win with McLaren. He's been very strong the past few races. Uh, what was it? Fourth at Indy and fifth at Detroit, something like that. He's got two, two top five, three top fives in a row. Why do I feel like he was second? He was second late in the race. Did he finish second at Detroit? No, I don't think so. Racing Reference still has Detroit listed as Belle Isle. (laughs) 
Um, okay, yeah, he did end I, up fifth. He was running second late in the race. How did he fall to fifth? Because he was running uh, he, second when that he got that shoved whole... out wide by somebody. Uh, I think he got he got shoved out wide by willpower going into the hairpin and then just fell like a rock. I thought it was the other way around. Didn't it was the other way around until it happened the other way. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say because he passed like three cars there, got up to second when willpower did something there in the hairpin. Yeah, and willpower then, okay. got back by him, and then it looked like he just burned his tires off somehow, and then just fell like a rock. So okay. All right, well, that is uh, Road America, and the final race of the weekend will be Netflix, I mean F1, <laughs> at um, at Canada, Circuit de Villeneuve. Uh, Tyler, who you got for that one? Well, you picked first, so you picked the obvious winner. Uh, so I had to go for Fernando Alonso because it's the only dr- other driver that could possibly win this race now that Sergio Perez forgot to or just forgot how to drive a car. Uh, I don't know that weeks. he forgot how to drive a car. I Red I'm Bull forgot se- how to have a car. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sensing foul play there. I think they thought he was getting too close to Max, so they decided to sabotage him for a couple weeks. Oh, they swear up and down it's a fair fight between the two cars. We've heard mm-hmm. that many times. But yeah, yeah Fernando Alonso. Like um, I think Alonso's actually usually pretty good at this track. Um. But it's also a track with fairly long straights, and the Red Bull is ridiculously quick in the straightaways. So, who's your pick? Well, as <laughs> Tyler said, I went with the the easy one here as well. Uh, Max Verstappen. Like, how can you not pick Max Verstappen at this point? Like, outside of mechanical failures or something stupid happening, he probably wins every race for the rest of the season. So, woo, that's- racing. Right, yeah, this is this is definitely hardcore racing, yeah. Thank uh, God we talk crap about IndyCar all the time, because F1 is like the pinnacle of motorsport. Right. Uh, that said, I did just buy the F1 2023 game, because the games are way better than the actual racing for some mm-hmm. reason. It's like the opposite of NASCAR, but whatever. Yeah. Um, oh, and we forgot to give TV schedules. Um, Road America is... Sunday, Sunday at 1. 1 p.m. on USA, and F1 is it's actually going to be... be in, like, normal people time. Are you saying people are only normal if they're in North America? Is that what you're trying to for, say, Tyler? For us. <laughs> Every international viewer just t- tuned out right now. Yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm not waking yeah. up at 4 a.m. to watch a parade. I'm sorry. 2 p.m. Eastern on uh, ESPN something or other in the U.S. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to about do it for us this week. A little shorter of an episode, but not a whole lot to talk about because not a whole lot happening in Sonoma. So hopefully next week, although there will only be ARCA, IndyCar, and F1 to talk about, hopefully we'll have more to talk about nonetheless. So at that thanks for hanging out y'all and uh we'll see you next week same time same place that's tyler i'm garth this is the rookie stripes podcast on racing news now